This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, I'm Sharad Kutin. Yesterday, former Prime Minister Najib Razak was charged at the KL Sessions Court on three charges of criminal breach of trust and one charge of abuse of power. Apart from arguments on the bail application, the court agreed to an interim media gag order that the defence team applied for. It's unclear at this point in time the practical effects of this interim gag order. But what's worth noting is that the former Prime Minister continues to use the uh, Facebook, for instance, to make statements. In fact, he posted one just this morning at about 8 o'clock. On the line, we have Srikant Pillay, a criminal lawyer, and also Gayatri Vinkateswaran, Assistant Professor of Media and Communications with Nottingham University in Malaysia. Thank you both for joining us this morning. I want, Srikant, if I can begin with you. Uh, the Attorney General says he was surprised by the application, but says his office will fight the interim order. Does this happen very often? Do courts usually agree to such applications for a gag order? Uh, good morning, sir. Um, no, normally, well, it all depends on on uh, what the application is about and why that particular person would like a gag order. But normally, no. There's no normally there's no application for gag order for uh, cases like these. It, you know, for me, it's the first time I'm hearing it in a criminal case. Really, yeah. Srikha, what were you, so you were surprised? Uh, were you surprised not just by the application, but by the agreement of the court to have uh, at least an interim gag order that will last, I believe, um, about a month? Uh, no, actually, it lasts about fourteen days, as far as I know from the report. Um, yes, I'm surprised because normally, um, you know, I would I would request an applic- I mean, a judges' court would request an application to be filed in. Uh, to you know, to give out uh, the reasons of why you want a gag order. Um, so yeah, it, it's a bit surprising to me. But uh, in this within these fourteen days, I'm sure they would have to file an application to make it permanent. So right now, it's only for fourteen days. It's a temporary gag order, really. Interim gag order means temporary gag order. Uh, Gaia, the courts uh, have come into some criticism for agreeing to this interim uh, gag order. Um, are you one of those people who are critical of this decision? Hi, Sharad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that it was uh, really quite uh, surprising that the, co- the court had agreed because, um, you know, this is a case that has had so much of uh, both local and international interest. Um, and I think that um, in terms of uh, sort of public scrutiny, um, and, you know, the fact that, you know, justice is seen to be done, part of it is also the ability of the media to be able to uh, keep the public updated. Um, we understand, of course, that, uh, you know, the, the case management is coming up and, and uh, the, the trial is only beginning next year. But, of course, you know, there's a lot of uh, information that people ought to also understand about the different aspects of the case. So absolutely, um, you know, um, surprised because I think it has a direct impact in terms of how both the media and the public can actually discuss the issue. Uh, Sri, I want to ask you about the interim gag order. Uh, it, it seems that, uh, at least listening to what the Attorney General said, this isn't very clear as to what constitutes this gag order. What, what are the practical difficulties um, or the practical steps that media organisations might have to take? Well, in fact, uh, you know, other stakeholders, including Najib Raza, uh, in, you know, as he's been doing postings on Facebook, um, is it normal for courts to uh, to uh, put out such uh, uh, gag orders and then not define what exactly is meant by it? Okay, well, what what I know and I think what most people know is, is what the, the press has reported about the gag order. We don't have the proper order itself before us. So as far as what we know, the gag order entails 
non-discussion of, discussion of the merits of the four charges against the uh, former prime minister. So that's what the gag order entails. Now, as far as the press is concerned, um, you know, you, you know, you have international press that's been covering covering this uh, even before uh, the former prime minister was prime minister. So you know, it, it's kind, it's still very vague as far as um, the, the press would be concerned. And I think uh, discussion of the merits of the case, um, as far as what we know right now, is only on the four charges. So. We'll have to look at the four charges to see what the four charges um, uh, entail, and the discussion of the merits of those four charges cannot be discussed. So that that is as far as what I know uh, with the gag order and what has been reported. Uh, Gaia, uh, uh, Sri actually points out to uh, some of the other dimensions of this uh, conundrum for us, as it were, is that uh, the gag order is for the local press. Will that have to, if, if, it, the, if the spirit of the uh, decision is to be followed, wouldn't that also have to apply to social media? Won't, how do we deal with the fact there's an international interest in this story? Well, you know, actually, I think it's not even clear that it applies only to the local media. And that's the, that's the issue, right? I mean, um, who, who actually is targeted by this uh, particular gag order? And again, in this, as you point out rightly, in this era of you know, information being shared very quickly and also with the global interest, I mean, who's going to enforce it, right? And I think that the danger is um, someone commenting on the case without even knowing whether you're touching... I mean, for the, for, the, for the ordinary citizen to say, you know, you cannot discuss the merits of the case. What exactly is the merits of the case that I'm not supposed to be talking about, right? And I think that uh, the typical practice when you've had trials is that, um, uh, you know, uh, for media reports or media coverage, um, you don't uh, necessarily question the judgment um, or the, the evidence that's being presented during the trial. And I think that's that's acceptable in the sense that the, uh, the the process has to go on because the judge, of course, looks at what is the evidence that's being presented uh, during the trial. So you don't, uh, you know, sort of interfere in that sort of uh, presentation. But at this point, I think that it is a very, very vague and, and ambiguous kind of an order because almost anything can be construed as possibly touching on the merits of the case. Um, and I think that it is difficult to enforce. How do you stop people talking about it on social media? And who's going to police that really, you know? And I think, you know, the, the concern is maybe in a couple of days, somebody, somebody finds out that apparently they have been saying something about the case and you only know it, you know, as, as, um, if someone actually takes it up and says, well, then now you have, uh, this is contempt, right? So I think that, yeah, you're, we don't know exactly where the boundaries are. And, and I, and I disagree that it has to be, uh, the kind of sort of uh, general boundaries. And I think that with the media coverage of court cases, I think it's very clear you don't uh, interfere in the presentation of the evidence and the judgment. But I think this goes really, really beyond that. Sri, what do you make of the argument that was presented that uh, Najib Razak is being tried in the court of public opinion and therefore cannot get a fair trial and, uh, you know, containing this uh, so-called court of public opinion is uh, the purpose of the gag order? Okay, uh, first of all, I don't, well, I don't think uh, there's such thing as a court of public opinion in this case. Number one, because um, as far, well, the, the court is tried by a judge, and the judge is the person that's going to look at all the evidence that's presented before him and sent it before the court. And his decision is going to be, be based on the evidence in court and not based on what 
people say outside or what the comments are made outside or opinions are made outside. So for me, I don't think that is an issue. I don't think uh, public opinion is going to affect the outcome of the case uh, because the judge is going to make the decision based on what's before him. And what's before him is candidate properly by the prosecution, then it'd be used as evidence by prosecution and, and the court, and the decision will be based on that. So I don't think uh, there's an issue with the uh, court of public opinion at all in this case. And Sri, just a point of clarification very quickly. Uh, the Attorney General says that he's going to uh, fight this interim order. Who does he fight it with? Does he go to the same judge or does he have to go to an, a higher court? Yeah, I would think that, no, it would be before the same judge. It would make, probably have to make uh, application set aside the particular gag order, the interim gag order, um, and and fight it at that level. So that, that that's exact. I think that's what he meant um, in this case. Thank you so much. Uh, that was Srikant Pillay, a criminal lawyer, and also before him, Gayathri Vinketeswaran, Assistant Professor of Media and Communications with Nottingham University, Malaysia. We'll be back with more. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.